Welcome to Picked Voices, the interview series conducted by faculty members of the Paris Institute for Critical Thinking, with notable members of the broader Picks community. Our goal is to present you, our listeners, with a variety of voices from across the spectrum of the humanities and critical creative thinking. My name is Avery Mercedes, and today I'm happy to bring you a very special episode of Picked Voices with international journalist Murtaza Behboudi, who was our very first guest on this podcast exactly one year ago. Now, just as then, Murtaza joins us from the Greek island of Lesbos, while I speak to him from Picked Aegean, located in the Turkish town of Ayvalık, and only separated from Lesbos by a narrow stretch of water. Usually the mainland and the island are connected by daily ferries that take you from one side to the other in just under an hour. Many inhabitants of the island are regular customers at Ivalux open market on Thursdays, and of course, the vast majority of refugees on Lesbos reached the island from the shores of Ivalux. But for just about a year now, the border between Greece and Turkey has been closed, and these two pieces of land that are as naturally connected as a hand and a glow are experiencing a painful and artificial separation. We could have been together in person today, Murtaza, either on Lesbos or in Ivalık, but due to the arbitrary manifestation of political power that is this border, we, we must speak as if we were worlds apart. Welcome, Murtaza. It's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Thank you very much, dear everyone. Uh, yeah, as you said, if you're so close, uh, you're other side of the sea. I'm here in, in the uh, Greek island of Lesbos. Um, I'm so happy to talk to you again. It, oh. it had, it's been one year, last year we talked about yeah, the it's... situation of the largest, Europe's largest refugee camp, Moria, which burned last year in September. Yes, uh, Murtaza, one year ago on the first episode of Picked Voices, you reported us from the old Moria camp. You told us about the inhuman living conditions in that camp, and you warned that the camp, with its over 20,000 refugees, was a ticking time bomb, a disaster waiting to happen. And indeed, mere days after our conversation, a massive fire devastated the camp and forced its evacuation. Today, one year later, you are on Lesbos again. What has changed in this one year? Where are the refugees now? And how are the physical and psychological conditions today? Yes, uh, exactly. Uh, last year, we had Moria camp, the, the largest EU camp in, in Lesbos, uh, which was overcrowded, 20,000 people uh, in this camp, um, which built for only 2,200 uh, people. But now in the new camp of uh, Lesbos, um, the largest again, uh, the lo Europe largest refugee camp in the uh, municipality of Karatepe, um, the um, the new camp is uh, worse than the uh, the old camp of Moria. Why? Because now seven thousand people they are living inside. Um, Twenty um, among them there are children, women, and unaccompanied minors. Five percent of unaccompanied minors. Thirty-six percent about of women and twenty-five percent of um, children. Uh, the condition is worse. Why in this inhuman condition they are living next to the water? When you you see that from far, you th you think maybe it's like a private beach or it's a, like a camp a, a campings vacations. But no, 
it's a close camp, it's a military field, which is toxic field, uh, was a former um, military training uh, field, actually. Now they're putting tents there, uh, people living there since last September. They found in this ground uh, a bullet uh, and, the, um, and uh, even a hand grenade. Um, of the military. Um, people, they're living here without electricity. It's very cold right now. You see the people, they pass the winter inside this camp without blankets, without heaters. Um, and uh, the uh, it's raining here um, since last week, but now today is the weather is good. Uh, but it's raining and the people, they have to leave the, pe the pregnant woman. It's very slippery, uh, the ground. They cannot go outside. There's no milk for the children. For example, for the babies inside the camp, um, it's very worse. And also, there's a few uh, ev evacuation transfers to the mainland uh, and to Germany, but uh, people are still uh, waiting for the uh, asylum. Um, about 2,000 people, they have already asylum inside the camp, but they have to still wait inside uh, because they don't have a, uh, the room or apartment. They cannot rent it outside uh, because they ha don't have money. The cash assistance by the UNHCR, United Nations High Commissioner for Refugees, is blocked after you have your asylum. You don't receive any assistance, neither from the government. Um, um, it's uh, a complicated situation as we talked about the, uh, the, the this political um, uh, politic of uh, exhaustion in Europe for the asylum seekers and the refugees because uh, they want them to tell the others don't come. This is the situation they're living in since years. Um, um, they're uh, vulnerable people, as we see now. Even the, the single woman, they're most vulnerable inside the camp. Uh, I don't know how they're living. It's the situation is uh, catastrophic. People, the journalists, they don't have access to the press. I just infiltrate myself, sneaking inside as a refugee. Once uh, I tried, I succeed, but I cannot go it. In officially, because police is everywhere, even inside the camp, in front of each section. For the single man, when you see uh, inside the, the the single man, they are putting their clothes after washing that on the on the barbed wire. Um, you see this because uh, uh, I remember it's like a war situation or conflict situation. Why they're putting this people inside? People they are saying that the prison, European prison, is better than here. Yeah. Yeah, Mortaza, the picture you paint of the conditions today is almost unbelievably bleak. A toxic military field, tents have no heaters, many have no electricity, no milk for babies, and we could continue this shameful list at will. In fact, uh, you have compared the new Karatepe camp to prison, uh, pointing out that living conditions in prison are, in, are, are incomparably uh, better than in this camp. How can we account for this grotesque situation? Is it really to deter people from attempting to cross over to, to the EU? Yeah, uh, actually, this, with this policy of exhaustion, uh, they're pr putting pressure on refugees and asylum seekers. These vulnerable people, they're coming, uh, crossing, they're risking their lives just to seek a, a protection, safety, and justice. Um, they're not coming to take our jobs or uh, so on. They're only coming because they left, uh, uh, they left everything behind. Uh, they lost families. Uh, now they're just seeking uh, protection in Europe. Um, um, Europe trying to hide them here in, in Lesbos, giving money. The migration budget is very high. Uh, 
paying Greece to hide them in a camp, as here the new camp, uh, not letting them go outside, even for uh, very small things, for supermarkets, they're limited. Once a week, they can go outside of the camp for only three hours. Uh, as you mentioned earlier, Murtaza, uh, the number of refugees on Lesbos today is uh, quite a bit smaller than a year ago, right? So I have two questions for you uh, connected to that. Firstly, what has happened to the thousands of people who have left the island since then? And secondly, why is the island not receiving new people anymore? Has the refugee situation somehow become less urgent or are Turkish, Greek or, or European authorities simply resorting to more brutal measures to stop people from arriving on Lesbos? Exactly. Uh, actually, there are uh, uh, illegal deportations as well as the illegal pushbacks. We, lo- we lost three people last week here in the Asian Sea. The people, they lost their lives crossing the, the sea uh, because of the pushbacks. Um, by the Greek Coast Guard and Frontex, the European Coast Guards. Those people, they left already the island going to uh, Athens. They're sleeping in the streets. There are no accommodation for them, for example. Those they left to the other countries that the Germany or France or other countries accepted. Okay, they are you know, welcomed in those countries, but those they are still waiting in Athens or in the mainland, uh, they are They are in the same situation, even worse, because living in the streets is not possible for them. In the big square of Victoria or other uh, of, of uh, Athens, uh, they are living in the streets. Um, uh, but uh, now, uh, since last year, people uh, keep coming still every week by boats. Like we had 50, around 50 people with boats arrived last week um, in the island. Uh, but uh, with the pushbacks, illegal pushbacks, and also uh, the illegal deportation, Greece and Europe, they don't want to receive any more refugees from Turkey. That's why they do this illegal pushbacks. Even people, they lost their lives. As I said, three people last week uh, in the sea. Um, they do that. They already signed a, another contract with the Frontex, with the European Coast Guards, in order to uh, illegally deport 1,000 400 people to Turkey. Wow. Uh, in light of everything you described, Murtaza, how is the morale and, and uh, psychological situation of the refugees today? Actually, these people, they don't understand uh, what, what is happening. Uh, for them, Europe was something different. They're coming here, they see that mentally, they, are, um, they, they have uh, a, a difficult moment. They're, they cross the sea, they lived in a In a bad situation in Turkey, now they arrive in Europe, in Lesbos, again, same situation, even worse. Um, uh, they uh, are, they have a trauma, for example, some of them. They, we heard even the people, they attempt suicide inside the camp. Um, uh, and as well as people, uh, uh, they want just leave. They don't want to stay in Greece. They, they want to go some those people, those countries, they want to welcome them, like... Germany, they have families, or um, in uh, in Norway, or in, in France, or UK, they just want to leave the island, go somewhere else. Um, uh, they are sick, we have many people, they have a, a very um, uh, diseases, for example, very, uh, we have a pregnant woman, for example, uh, also um, this scabies, uh, uh, they have people because of the soil, of the soil, of the Um, camp, uh, it's uh, uh, the, the camp, this camp with this toxic ground, it's not 
adapted for to being a, a European camp. The no European standards inside, you know, electricity, for example, when you're cold, really cold at night, you, you, you do nothing. What what yeah. you can do? No, nobody can help you. If you go sick, ask police. They ask police, shout on you and go go and just leave. Um, people, when you they want to go to hospital, they're restricted. Uh, they cannot go outside because police they don't let them go out. Oh, talking about diseases, Murtaza. Uh, last year we discussed the danger of uh, COVID-19 spreading to the camp. The pandemic was just getting started back then, and you were telling us that because of the camp's limited contact with the outside world, it had so far been spared by the disease. Today, as you pointed out, uh, a significant percentage of the Greek population has already received uh, COVID vaccines, more than 10%, in fact. Is anything being done for the refugees with regard to COVID? Yes, um, more than 12% of Greek people, they received vaccines for okay. uh, the COVID. Uh, and uh, right now, um, people, I mean, refugees more, I mean, we have many refugees, thousands of refugees, they're here, they have uh, the same, this worse situation living and they don't receive any vaccines for now. People, they don't decide, the government, the migration uh, policy, they don't decide if they give vaccines to refugees or not, only for citizens. Um, uh, there is no COVID cases inside the camp, uh, fortunately. Good. It's, uh, they are very lucky. Uh, there's no COVID inside the camp. The COVID is outside among people. I heard people, they're saying, the doctors, they're saying, those they are doing volunteer inside the camp, they're saying that they, we are very far from the reality. What we are hearing inside the city, it's, it's not the same what we see inside the camp. There are poor people living in this inhuman conditions. And they need protection. They, like as us, same right. They need the same right. We have to give them also the, this uh, uh, possibility to be vaccinated or going to the hospital to see a doctor. Um, it's the uh, least uh, thing that they can do. Uh, but still, um, uh, even in the inside the camp, they don't have a PCR test. The only the rapid test they do that to those people. They have symptoms. That's all. They don't. They, there is no PCR test inside the camp. Well, finally, Murtaza, uh, I have a question that is perhaps a little bit more global. With almost all attention in the West uh, focused on COVID-19 over the last year. What has been the effect on the situation of refugees? Firstly, how has COVID affected the situation in countries where many refugees come from? Is COVID causing more people to become refugees? And and secondly, how has COVID affected the situation in countries where refugees go? Is COVID impacting the refugee policies of these countries? And is it affecting public perception of refugees and, and their situation? For example, now the COVID, everybody's, every country is there saying that yeah, less we have to protect everyone uh, uh, staying at home. But in those countries like a war with conflict in Afghanistan, in Syria, or in Africa, some African countries, it's the last thing they think about, actually. Uh, they are dealing with the conflicts, the terrorist attacks. They don't think about the COVID. For them, the COVID is not a problem. The problem is the safety, protection. That's the, they, 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 they're, um, 
there are uh, now the, the conflicts killing many people. For example, the violence uh, increased in Afghanistan. Uh, every week, uh, terrorist attacks. Uh, four journalists have been killed. Four uh, other people uh, killed yesterday, for example. In Syria, same. The terrorist attacks every day. Um, uh, in the north of Syria or other countries. Um, it's the last thing they're thinking about, about COVID. Because of the seeking protection, they leave the countries to flee to come to Europe only to seek protection and safety. Uh, when they're arriving here, uh, of course, now uh, with this uh, uh, pandemic, uh, the Coast Guards, they are more, uh, as I said, there are illegally pushbacks to Turkey. They don't want to receive refugees. Even people, they are uh, uh, losing lives in the sea. Um, but these refugees, they are not only refugees. Let's say now, uh, why, oh, this is what we see. It's the, the reality of refugees. Uh, there are not only refugees, actually. They are doctors, they are nurses, they are teachers, they are engineers, they are uh, businessmen, women. Um, they're coming. Even they contribute to the society. We have in France, in Germany, the the refugee nurse and doctor, they are helping, they are in the front line, they are helping those people that have COVID on symptoms. Why they are not now welcoming them? I, I don't understand why in this camp of Lesbos, there are doctors living, there are teachers living inside the camp, the situation in human conditions. They can help them in the hospital, they can help them in the clinics, for example, in the schools, for example. Um, uh, they can be, uh, they can contribute to the society, they can uh, uh, run a business, for example, uh, create jobs. But unfortunately, they just need an opportunity from the European countries. That's all what they want. Uh, they are living in these conditions, even they, they, um, they can wait more, yeah. as they're saying, uh, but this waiting is killing them. Uh, uh, they're waiting since two years, three years in the camp uh, uh, for uh, only to get, uh, getting asylum and leave and going somewhere else uh, to start a new life. Yeah, Murtaza, thank you very much for uh, joining us again on Picked Voices to give a voice to the thousands of children, women and men still stranded under the most absurd and inhuman conditions inside the EU, a political entity that prides itself on its supposed rationality and humanism. You have given us a lot to think about today, Murtaza, so thanks again. Thank you very much. Thank you. So this brings us uh, to the end of another Picked Voices. If you, our listeners, would like to support the volunteer work that we are doing at our nonprofit institution, the Paris Institute for Critical Thinking, you may consider becoming a member of our community. You can find more information on how to join PICT on our website. In the meantime, my name is Evrem Emir Sayers. I was joined today by international journalist Murtaza Behboudi from the island of Lesbos in Greece. And I hope we have the chance to challenge you with another PICT podcast soon. Goodbye.